0: Welcome to the Adam's Road podcast, an outreach to the Christian music ministry Adam's Road. Every week we examine a chapter from the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. You can find our weekly content by searching Adam's Road podcast on your podcast app. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 2, verses 16 through 35. But this is what has been spoken through the prophet Joel. It will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Yes, and on my servants and on my handmaidens, in those days, I will pour out my Spirit and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath. Blood and fire and billows of smoke the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes, it will be that whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved by God to you by mighty works and wonders and signs which God did by him among you, even as you yourselves know, him being delivered up By the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by the hand of lawless men, crucified and killed, whom God raised up, having freed him from the agony of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh also will dwell in hope, because you will not leave my soul in Hades, neither will you allow your Holy One to see decay. You made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may tell you freely of the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He foreseeing this spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that neither was his soul left in Hades, nor did his flesh see decay. This Jesus God raised up, to which we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted by the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this, which you now see and hear. For David didn't ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit by my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. All right, we're continuing today where we left off last week in Acts chapter 2. Peter continues, he says, It will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Yes, and on my servants and on my handmaidens in those days, I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. It will be that whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Peter's quoting here from Joel 2, 28-32. He connects what had just happened there on the day of Pentecost with this prophetic passage in Joel about the last days. Now Hebrews 1, 1 1-2 says, God at many times and in many ways spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us through his Son. God's word seems to indicate that the present day in which that book of Hebrews was written in the 60s A.D., could be considered the quote unquote last days. So what appears to have brought in these last days? The coming of Jesus. Jesus ushered in the new covenant of grace when he died for our sins on the cross of Calvary. After Jesus ascended to heaven and sent his spirit to his church, we are in a span of time now awaiting the return of Jesus. Many view this specific age after the ascension of Christ and before his return as the last days. Certainly, there was a near fulfillment of the promise of Joel in Peter's day and aspects of the prophecy that are still awaiting future fulfillment, like the sun being turned into darkness and the moon into blood. It appears the Spirit being poured out on the people at Pentecost was an exact fulfillment of Joel too, where God promises to pour out His Spirit on all flesh and they will prophesy. God had poured out His Spirit on those 120 gathered believers, and as a result, They were miraculously declaring the mighty works of God clearly and fluently in everyone's own native language. That was an incredible miracle, one that could only be explained by acknowledging God's hand in this event. And Peter does just that, stating this event was specific fulfillment of prophecy. God was pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. Acts 2 is basically detailing the birth of Christ's church. The believers were given His Spirit to empower them, and God's Spirit is still being poured out today on anyone who will call on the name of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, 10-11 teaches regarding the Holy Spirit. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. God's Spirit works as He pleases. It's amazing to see God at work through His Holy Spirit. Have you ever experienced the empowering work of God's Spirit in your own life and in the lives of people around you? God's Spirit isn't only powerfully at work in the lives of believers but I believe also in the lives of those whom he is pursuing. For example, in one study Mission Frontiers magazine had reported that out of 600 Muslim converts to Christianity, about a quarter of them had experienced a dream that led to their conversion. I've actually heard accounts myself of Muslims having had reoccurring dreams and visions that led them to Jesus. God is absolutely pouring out His Spirit on all flesh and drawing people to Himself. As I consider the work of the Holy Spirit in my own life, I'm amazed at the various ways He has gifted, comforted, empowered, and guided me over the years. He brings to our remembrance the truths we've learned in God's Word. He teaches us and brings understanding. He convicts, and I believe He can actually give dreams and visions. So here's an experience I had. Early on in our marriage, my wife experienced some severe and life-threatening blood clots in her lungs and legs. Because of this, we didn't try to have children for years because she would have been considered a high-risk pregnancy. A few years into our marriage, though, my wife was sensing a strong call to pursue motherhood and to try to have a child. I was resistant to this at first for the obvious reason of not wanting to put her life at risk. Perhaps because I was stubborn towards the idea or initially resistant, I believe God ended up getting my attention in a kind of dramatic way to maybe confirm to me what he had been putting on my wife's heart regarding having a child. So over the course of a few days, I ended up having some powerfully vivid and reoccurring dreams and visions about who I believe was the future child we were supposed to bring into the world, which ended up just totally changing my heart and attitude towards having a child. These experiences were so real, unforgettable and impactful and gave me the clarity, peace and faith to move forward with my spouse in pursuit of having a baby. After my wife got pregnant, our doctor actually suggested we get an abortion because of her blood clot issues. Needless to say, that was the last time we visited his office you see, God had instilled in us a calming and confident faith in Him that everything would work out. And we've been blessed with the opportunity to parent Tessa, our precious 11-year-old, and only child and a beautiful daughter of God. So is it possible the Holy Spirit can guide, warn, or direct His people through visions and dreams? In my experience, I believe so. This isn't to say that every impactful, vivid dream or vision is from God. As Scripture exhorts, we are to test all things. 1 Corinthians 5.20-21 says, Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. God's Word should be the ultimate standard against which we test all things. If the claim, prophecy, guidance, word, exhortation, experience, dream, or vision doesn't align with God's Word, then we can confidently reject it. Psalm 119:105 105 declares, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. All right, moving on. In Acts 2, starting in verse 23, Peter shares the gospel with the assembly. With the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which had come upon him, God's now gonna work through this simple man to evangelize a large crowd and powerfully declare to the people the good news of Jesus. It's amazing to see how God can use weak, simple, and uneducated vessels like Peter to confound the wise and preach with power and conviction the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. All right, Peter begins here in verse 22 by connecting with the people on their level. He said, men of Israel, Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved by God to you by the mighty works and wonders and signs, which God did by him among you, even as you yourselves know. All right, stopping there. Peter knows many of them already knew the life and miracles of Jesus. So what's he doing here? He finds a starting point. In evangelizing people, I think it's useful to start with what they already know about Jesus and go from there. Peter then says, This Jesus, being delivered up by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by the hands of lawless men, crucified and killed, whom God raised up, having freedom from the agony of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Peter here is a new man now with God's spirit indwelling him. The old Peter was too timid to acknowledge Jesus on the night of his betrayal when confronted about being his disciple but now this Peter confidently witnesses about Jesus. With boldness, he confronts the crowd regarding their sin with the cold reality that they had crucified their Messiah. Now for anyone to come to salvation, that person must first be convicted of his sin. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Without acknowledgement of sin, how can one acknowledge the need for a savior and thus trust in the saving work of Jesus? Jesus came to save us from our sins, he paid the penalty for our sins so that we could be forgiven completely in him. Peter also witnesses to Jesus' resurrection and uses Old Testament scripture to support the claim. The Holy Spirit here is no doubt bringing back to remembrance everything Jesus had taught Peter as he expounds on the messianic nature of the 16th Psalm to validate the resurrection of Christ from scripture. This formerly unlearned fisherman of Galilee, under the training of Jesus himself and now in the power of God's Spirit, was teaching with clarity, power, and authority the gospel message. Here's the psalmy quotes Peter teaches. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh also will dwell in hope Because you will not leave my soul in Hades, neither will you allow your Holy One to see decay. You made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence." Peter argues here that Psalm 16, 8-11 actually isn't about the patriarch David from the Old Testament. It was a prophetic psalm about the Messiah. The psalm says about Jesus, my flesh also will dwell in hope because you will not leave my soul in Hades, neither will you allow your Holy One to see decay. Peter reminds them that David died, his flesh saw decay. He teaches them that this is actually about the resurrection of Christ. Peter says here in Acts 2, starting in verse 31, he foreseeing this spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul wasn't left in Hades and his flesh didn't see decay this Jesus God raised up to which we all are witnesses being therefore exalted by the right hand of God and having received from the father the promise of the Holy Spirit he has poured out this which you now see and hear. Jesus body was in the grave three days and nights and yet did not see decay he was raised from the dead and appeared over a 40-day period multiple times to many of his disciples Then Jesus ascended to heaven and as he promised in John chapter 16 verse 7 and other places, he sent the promise of the Spirit to them.
1: I bore your sins in my body making an offering. For your sin I poured out my soul and saw my offspring. If you receive me, believe in my name, the right to be called. Of my hands, you are saved, and no one will snatch you out of my hands.
0: That was engraved from the Adams Road album, It's So Simple.
1: Our goal is to be bold when we preach the good news to the world we will not. And nothing can hinder us from what we've been called We're always ready to make a defense even unto death Oh, we're not ashamed of the gospel All that you've done for us Confessed you before everyone From the religious to the pagan We preach salvation Oh, we're not ashamed
0: I was not ashamed from the Adams Road album, Immeasurable. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Let's not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That was an Adams Road Piano original piece. This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach to the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Feel free to join us next week as we examine more of Acts chapter 2. Grace and peace be with you all.